Hey, I'm Rich Hunter-Rice and welcome to the Three Percenters Business Coaching Podcast, Season 2. Rice Minerva Grove, and welcome to season two, episode 34. So, today's amazing guest is Alvin. Alvin looks after and coaches retail businesses. He's got an amazing outlook in life. I love his routines and I just love the way he speaks. So, and he's also got such a great experience in the retail space. Uh, it's in his blood, it's been that long, so uh, has so much to offer. Anyway, enjoy the interview, and I'll catch you at the end. Hi, good morning. A very warm welcome to the Three Percenters Business Coaching Podcast. Okay, very warm welcome. Thank you very much for joining me today. So my first three questions for you are, tell me who you are, where you are, and what you do, please. Yes, so my name is uh, Alvin Nasi. Uh, right now, I am based in southern Germany, uh, just south of Stuttgart. Um, and I am a retail business coach. So I help retail business owners to create more time and freedom uh, for themselves by, you know, increasing their cash flow and profitability. That's a really interesting niche to be in. So I've got a lot of questions for you, but the first one is how did you get into that niche? Yes. So actually, um, I used to live in Melbourne, Australia, and I used to buy, run and sell pharmacy based businesses. So, you know, in Australia, uh, you've got uh, hospital pharmacy and you've also got retail pharmacy. So that was my shtick. You know, I, I bought, built and sold retail pharmacy based businesses. And, you know, halfway through the pandemic uh, in 2021, I, we decided to move to Germany, my wife and I. And um, I sold my I sold my pharmacy business and I was working with a business coach at the time, Richard. It's quite funny. And my business coach's name at that time was Glenn. And he he was like, Alvin, what are you going to do when you get to Germany? I was like, I've got no idea, no idea at all. And he was like, you know, you should be a coach. And I was like, dude, I can't do what you do, you know? And he goes, look, you've been a really great client. You've really implemented. And, you know, you know, you know a few things. Anyway, I didn't, I paid no attention. And a month before I left, you know, we caught up for dinner again. And he's like, Alvin, have you thought about it? And I, was like, I thought about what? He goes, you know, become, what are you going to do in, in Germany? You should really be a coach. And Glenn, like, I have no idea what I would coach about. And he told me this really, and a great coach often does this. Just remember, Alvin, when you got into business your first time, if you could go back and visit 26 or 27-year-old Alvin, what would you tell him? And that really landed for me because, yes, man, if I could go back in time and tell myself all these things that I had known and, and from experience from building these businesses, it would, really would have fast-tracked my success and also my learnings, Right. So this is exactly what I'm doing now and um, helping retailers do the same thing. Wow, that's amazing. So let me get this straight. You've not been in the coaching game for that long. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been I've been coaching for a year now. Wow. I followed you on social media for six months or so and I would never, ever have guessed that. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And that I think it's because so of the fact cool. that I, I think, and that's thank you. It's because of the fact that I've actually done it. So 
all the things that I am working through with my clients, all the things I am talking about, I've had the fortunate and unfortunate uh, pleasure of actually living those experiences and doing those things that were taught to me. Now, I, you know, I didn't know anything, right? So I've always also been working with business coaches who helped me along the way in my business building, buying and selling career. So yeah, thank you. <laughs> you always get the best coaches who coach on their own experience. The ones who have been there, I've got the t-shirt, I've had the bloody nose, the pain, the tears, the success, all yep. that is where, and I, I stand by this all day long, that's where the best coaches come from. If you've done it yourself, you've lived in those shoes, then my God, you, it makes you a fantastic coach. That's amazing. So, thank you. moving on a little bit, what's your biggest motivation then? So, my biggest motivation, and I think this stems from when I was wearing a white coat and, you know, being a pharmacist, and my biggest motivation, I get great satisfaction from helping other people. I think that's just a core value of mine, which is service. And so my greatest motivation right now is to help other people achieve great things in their business. And, you know, for me, great things in your business is also falls back to a core value of mine, which is time and freedom. That's been so important for me. And I think it's, you know, I resonate with people or people come to me when they want to create more time and freedom in their retail business. And that's what is so important to me because I really believe as human beings, there's so much more to this life that we're that that we have to experience, that we have to contribute to rather than being in the day-to-day operations on our business. And once we can, so, you know, and we use our businesses as a vehicle to fulfill that overarching sort of passion or value of ours you know so that's that's what's super important to me i'll take that all day long so is it all sorts of retail businesses you work with yeah yeah i work with all sorts of retail businesses um bricks and mortar and e-commerce now when i say all sorts i don't work with startups you know i have uh, particular types of businesses that i work with for instance i usually my skill set um, and this is just a function of what I've experienced and what I've what I've done in my previous life. My skill set tends to work better with uh, business owners who've been in business for at least a year. They're going to be turning over at least two hundred and forty k, and they need to have a team of about three people. And that's where I can really come in and and help you know these retail business owners rock and roll. Nice, makes sense. Um, I I've got two years of retail experience, but I hated it. I hated every single day. It just wasn't me at all. But to see your passion and the energy is coming off you, I can fully admire. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest two years of my life, I'll be honest. But that's another story for another day. Uh, Yeah. No, go on. No, yeah. I think um, this is one of those things, right? When um, retail, I've always been in retail. I guess, you know, as a kid, uh, you know, in Australia, we had Target, you know, which is just a, a multinational retailer. And... You know, working at Target as a kid, as a 14, 15-year-old, my dad had a 7-Eleven when we first moved to Australia, like every good Indian family should. So I was working in my dad's 7-Eleven. And then from there, you know, it was just a natural progression to, you know, I guess being a retail pharmacist and then eventually owning my own business. I love it, man. There is something to me about uh, serving people, providing the complete solution, the whole retail dynamic, managing stock, managing people. (laughs) 
growing businesses, optimizing profitability. Like I can just yeah, go yeah, on yeah. all day. So yeah. it comes out your pores. I can, I can hear it and feel it. it comes out your pores. Uh, next question is completely unrelated. You got me on a tangent now. So 7-Elevens, I love, obviously I'm in Thailand right now and 7-Elevens are everywhere. Four steps is a 7-Eleven. They are the, the, the bloodline of Thailand, but they're not in the UK. Totally. They haven't been in the UK for 25 years. Yeah, yeah, we haven't got a single yeah. one. So I can't cope when I go home and not have a 7-Eleven around the corner. Are 7-Elevens, are they big in Australia? Right. So, you know, um, when my dad f- bought his first 7-Eleven, this was, we moved to Australia in 1989, right? So that's okay. quite, a, quite a while ago. Um, so back then, th- they were great. They were these big uh, multi-convenience stores with fuel uh, and a really good, what we call a front of shop offering, right? Because obviously people would come in for the fuel, we'd try and entice them with, with chips and food and hot dogs and, you know, Coca-Cola and all that kind of thing. So, I think that model of 7-Eleven is dying, has been slowly dying in Australia. What we're seeing now, uh, this is just Australia only, is very similar to what's happening in Thailand. The smaller format, really quick convenience model run by one staff who can sort of pack the shelves and put everything out and serve the clients and customers at one time. And, you know, they're also moving to a lot more fresh food model as well. So the dynamic 7-Eleven, you know, Obviously, I'm not a 7-Eleven spokesman, but from what I've seen, they, they have uh, just had to change their retail offering, which is which is quite a common thing to do, um, and you know, and sort of move away from the fuel offering and that big format, well, that medium-sized format that they used to have. Okay, that makes sense. That's a great answer. Sorry, I dropped you on the spot there completely. But you answered that. Ah, I love it. A good insight for me as well. Okay, so what does entrepreneurship mean to you? Oh, wow. I think entrepreneurship is, for me, the same thing as um, uh, being in business, right? Which is basically serving people, providing solutions, complete solutions, and helping people in whatever problem they might have. And entrepreneurship is, I think, you know, the ability to pull together a team, pull together solutions, package them up, offer it to your clients or customers uh, in a way that you get compensated for. And, you know, it's... Really, I think entrepreneurship is like a win-win situation. It is a win-win situation for you, the entrepreneur who's creating, who has this vision of helping others, and also your clients and customers at the end, right? And they're also feeling like they're being served. And, you know, that's an ideal version of entrepreneurship for me. Uh, Yeah, I I love the question because everyone's got a slightly different and very personal explanation. That's why that was spot on. I love that. Cool. Okay, so talking about you now. So what does a perfect day look like for you? Oh, my perfect day is today. So I uh, today I got up a little bit later. I got up at 6.15 a.m. I meditate for an hour. Uh, I practice a particular kind, a type of meditation called Vipassana. So um, we can talk about that later if you like. But I meditate for an hour. Then today is Wednesday where I am in Germany. So that means I hit the gym. So I do a very uh, minimal kind of a, a full body workout on, uh, on a Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. Come back. And then I do the same thing, which I do every day, which is I make a cup of Turkish coffee from scratch. Um, so you can probably tell I like routines. Um, so this is, involves grinding my coffee, measuring the dose and, and putting the right water, etc. And then, you know, around about 9.15 to 9.30, I'll, uh, I'll really start my work. And the first 10 minutes of my work involves reading. Uh, I love to read. And usually in the mornings, I read a business-based book. I'm reading a book on retail at the moment, believe it or not. 
once once I've done that, then I I get to work. And I'm so fortunate in the fact that a lot of my so-called work now involves a lot of creativity, uh, a lot of distillation of knowledge, how I can you know take and and serve my clients. So that I usually do that till about three um, thirty, quarter to four, and then. I, uh, I write in my journal. I've, I've been journaling for over, you know, I think 13, 14 years now, old school by hand. Uh, I'll write in my journal, um, which one A4 page usually takes me anywhere between 20 to 30 minutes. And uh, after that, I will get my 10,000 steps in. So I'll go for a walk. Uh, and then, yeah, that's it. That's my ideal day. And then come wow. home, uh, you know, read. Uh, again, I love reading fiction. So, um yeah, that's my ideal day. I love it. Uh, question then. So if 6.15 yeah. was a lion, what do you call a normal start? My normal start, okay. My normal start would be to get up at 5.15. I like to be on my meditation mat at 5.30. So then I finish at 6.30 so I can get to the gym at 7 because uh, the gym I go to at the moment has an issue with, um, not an issue, but, you know, they only have two squat racks and it can get pretty busy. Uh, so today I went later because I stayed up a bit later last night. Uh, I just had to wait a little bit more uh, f- for the equipment. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so uh, you're going to have to teach me now. Tell me about the meditation. What's this type of meditation that you do? And what's different about it? Sure thing. Yes. Okay. So I practice a type of meditation called Vipassana. Um, Vipassana, I think is when I say maybe it might make sense for you, Rich, is um, in, have you heard about these 10-day retreats where you go and be silent? Absolutely. Okay. So I think Vipassana, that form of medication, uh, meditation, I beg your pardon, not medication, that form of meditation uh, sort of popularized the, the whole concept of, you know, these 10-day retreats. But basically Vipassana is a meditation, it's an awareness meditation where you sort of meditate and you focus on sensations in your body. This is, you know, there are so many different types of uh, meditation. This just happens to be a technique that works for me. Um, And the way you learn it is the only way to learn it. I mean, you can read online. However, the best way to learn it is to actually go to an official Vipassana center and to complete a 10-day meditation course, it's called. And I have been doing those 10 days. um, I've I've been practicing this way for about 12 years, done about eight of those courses. So I try and go every year for 10 days and meditate and relearn the technique. You sit in silence, you meditate every day from 4.30 in the morning to 9 p.m. at night, obviously with breaks in between. And, you know, you observe noble silence. So that means you can't talk to anybody. You can't make eye contact. It's quite an experience. And every time, year that I do one of these retreats, it seems, uh, or courses, it seems to get harder and harder for me. I think as I'm developing in the technique of meditation, more stuff sort of comes up, which distracts my mind from the daily practice during the, uh, the course. However, at the end of the 10 days, I just feel so fantastic. It's almost, it is like a recharge for me. So it's, it's so good. So Hopefully that answers some of your question about the meditation. My God, I'm well in. That sounds amazing. Do you know, we're talking about maybe doing a two or three day meditation retreat in Thailand. Ten days, I couldn't imagine. That's off the chart. But I can imagine it's the best thing at the end of it. And as you say, 
the energy and everything else must be flowing. That, that's so cool. Thank you. Absolutely. That. Thank you for sharing that. So, okay, what's been the single best bit of advice you've ever received? The single the best bit of advice, and this is my first business coach, Casey, and he mentioned before we started anything, you know, I was I was really young, 26, 27 years old. All I want to do was grow these businesses. Show me these marketing techniques. Let's go in. Let's do stuff. The first thing he got me to do was to sit down and create my personal vision. And that's, he was the guy that got me into the concept of values. Like what's really important to you? And what do you want to, how do you see your life in the future? What do you want to achieve? What do you want to do beyond monetary things? And so, and this is now a process that I go through with my clients as well. I think it's really important to have a personal vision that also helps you a great deal because, you know, when stuff starts to get really difficult in your business and, you know, especially when you work with a coach, we're going to challenge you and they're going to get you to do all sorts of fun things. When it gets really, really challenging, it's so important to have this personal vision to fall back on because you can fully understand and embrace what you are trying to create, right, with your life. And it's not you're not just in this business to set everything up and just make money, but you want to do something beyond that. And I think that's been a driving force for me. And this is the same thing that, that I work with my clients in doing. Uh, yeah, 100%. I completely agree with that. It's amazing. Okay, so you win $10 million, 10 million euros, pounds, whatever you want tomorrow. What would you do? Woo! That's a great question. I, I think I would invest it. Actually, I know I would invest it because it would just be really easy. I would invest probably half of that in index funds. Uh, I would then put the rest, uh, put a little bit into a commercial property to generate income. And, you know, I would, uh, I would continue to live my life as is. Uh, and that life involves a life of contribution and service as well. So that's what I would do. Nice. I like that. You've thought that through. So that's really cool. Okay. So, okay. Education. You've obviously uh, you've invested a lot in your personal development, your education over the years. So how do you continue to educate yourself today? Yes, I'm constantly learning all the time. So I work with coaches, as you might know, Rich. <laughs> so Absolutely. I'm, continually, <laughs> I'm, I'm continually working with uh, coaches to sort of expand my knowledge base. I, I read a lot. I think that's really, really important for me anyway. I enjoy the reading process and learning attend a lot of courses. Uh, I think, you know, I'm all about, somebody told me this one time, I can't remember who, I apologize. It's probably somebody famous as well. I probably ripped it off them, but I'm all, I really enjoy the 1%. You know, if I can attend an event, attend a seminar, read a book, uh, experience something, and if I only get 1% out of it, I'm, I'm super happy because that 1% I can use in other areas of my life. So yeah, I'm always for continually educating and uh, it's, you know, it's been part of my process of, of learning and growing uh, for a very long time. Great. And I love the 1% rule as well. I think if you can develop well, 1% a day, just think what that is. It looks over 12 months. It's amazing. So, exactly. Okay. Right. The mood's all nice and high and the energies are there. I'm going to bring it crashing down and talk about failure. Crash me. Yeah, I'm going to crush you now. I, I apologize. I've, I've, I've been nice about it. So failure. I love talking about failure because there used to be quite a stigma about failure. Failure was such a bad thing. But actually, you know, as a high performer, we all go through failures. And if you're not, you know, what does failure mean? It only means what you label it as. And 
you know, as long mm. as you learn from the experience and all that. So have you ever experienced any particular failures? And if so, what did you learn from the experience? Absolutely. I have had so many failures in my life, uh, you know, from high school to to being in business and, um, you know, university and that kind of thing. Do you want me to go through some specific examples and how can, I work through if, them? If, if you have to do so, please. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's let's just, you know, f- failing uh, continuously at university. You know, when I was in pharmacy school, I absolutely hated it. I couldn't come to grips with all the science and that kind of thing. And when it came to exam time, I was just, you know, I just flunked. And uh, I had to constantly get help, seek help to, to really move on to the next level. Same thing when it came, you know, I've had a few businesses before I got into the pharmacy-based businesses. And I failed dismally. You know, that was the, the era of the online um, online era, you know, affiliate marketing and that kind of thing. I went I went deep into that stuff and I invested a fair bit of money that that I that I really was earning straight out of university at the time in, in trying to create this dream of being an internet marketer, you know, and, and I effed up. Uh, I, I, I couldn't crack that code. I think in the, you know, uh, midway through my uh, pharmacy buying and growing career, I, I failed again. You know, I kind of dropped the ball uh, building building one particular business at that time. I think I got a little bit too cocky. And all of a sudden I found myself in this cash flow situation and I had to scramble and, you know, sell little bits of assets to pay for loans uh, that were come, come due, you know. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty scary. And, um, you know, almost failed there and then had to pick up the pieces again. So I really view the journey of failure as such an opportunity, especially in that last example, it made me realize like, oh my God, you just need to get back to the basics. You've done this before. Don't get, don't get too flamboyant and and drop the ball. You really need to stay on top of things and, and use that as an opportunity for growth. So yeah, I think, uh, I think that's, there's some examples of failure there. That's a great answer. That's a great answer. You've been really honest and open about this. I appreciate you for sharing that. That's great. Okay, so jumping ahead now to the future. Forget looking behind you. We're looking ahead. So if you could be remembered for one thing, how would you like to be remembered? Yeah, I I think I, I will be remembered as the guy who was able to simplify things and allow my uh, clients or allow people to take action. I think that's that's one thing that uh, I'm working very hard at doing. And and I think it's something that comes naturally to me is this process of simplification so that I can convey my message to other people. You know, I guess all along the the minimalism kind of of tip as well, but that's what I want to be known for. And that's actually what I am going to be known for. Cool. Love that. So is there one particular book you've read the most or one book that's impacted the most on your life? That's a really good question. I think... You know, there's, there's a fiction. When you said that, the first thing that came to mind was a fiction book uh, by Vikram Seth called An Equal Music. It's probably the book I've read the most. And it's about music. And we didn't talk about my, my love for music, I suppose. But that's probably my um, the book I've read the most. And, and I tend to revisit every couple of years. But a really good business book, which I've been uh, recommending to everybody since I read it at the beginning of the year, was is uh show your work by austin cleon have you read that rich i haven't not yet i really love it and i think this book it 
it uh, serves everyone in every industry, I think, of whatever industry, you know, if you're a, a coach, business owner, you're in corporate or whatever, you, whatever you're doing, or you're an artist. Uh, and I highly recommend it. But the, but the premise of the book is Austin Cleon suggests that we should be, as the title, says, as the title says, show our work. We should be sharing our journey with others in order to create a personal brand for ourselves, in order for us to be known in the marketplace. And he just goes through some really simple examples on how to do that, how he's done it. The book is such a simple read, but every chapter is short and it's and it's gold. And I've been recommending that to everyone, uh, everybody, because it just, I think it applies to, to all people in life. Check it Amazing. out. Uh, I shall do. I shall add it onto my reading list and uh, probably be an audible, but uh, yeah, I should go and check that out. Yeah. I've not come across that before, so I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, oh, okay. One last question. If you, could, okay. if you could go back and give your 18-year-old self one piece of advice, what would that advice be? Yes, that's a, that's a really interesting one. I've thought about this all the time. Uh, a lot of the time, and I don't know if I would give myself advice. You know, I think I think Alvin today is a product of the Alvin that that has experienced all the failures and and you know uh, all, all the experiences that he's had. And I don't know if I'd if I'd go back and tell him anything different, you know, or or to speed anything up or to avoid doing this because I think. As I've gone on in in this journey of life, I've become more self-aware. And I think that's also part of the process. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think I'd tell him anything. I think just just keep going. If anything, I would say uh, you're going to be okay. Just keep doing what you're doing. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, that's, is that a, that's, a great, that's a great way of looking at it. Yeah, no, I'll take that all day long. Um, listen, it's been very insightful. It's been great to learn more about your story. But before we go, music. Huh. Talk to me about your music passion. Oh, wow. Okay. So um, I, used to, <laughs> I used to be a DJ, right? Oh, okay. uh, I used to love. Um, so I fell in love with drum and bass and deep house in my youth. And then I started buying records and I started DJing. And a, lo a lot of my high school and university was spent in clubs. <laughs> Um, so I really love electronic music. And then as I, you know, got into business, you know, I had to club less uh, because that lifestyle is not conducive to running businesses. <laughs> but my passion for music sort of transcended into still the love of vinyl. And, you know, I, I had to broaden, I, I did broaden my, my musical repertoire and so love jazz uh, I love classical music, and anyway, so you know, I was able, thankfully, was able to invest, if you will, in a in a really nice sound system and a really nice turntable and speakers and and all that rabbit hole stuff that can happen. And I'm, you know, constantly listening to music. I did when I moved from Australia to Germany. I had to put my stereo and all my vinyl into storage, so I don't have any music with me here, like my vinyl. Like I'm using Spotify, which is great. You know, I'm all about being in the moment. So right now, this is what I've chosen to do, live in Germany. So I've just got access to Spotify, which is awesome. Um, but I think music for me continuously has always been a, um, you know, a way of inner reflection, a way of transporting me to some other place. And just, a, you know, when I hear an awesome tune, it just gives me goosebumps. And, you know, there's something going on there, which I haven't fully figured out. I just love it. 
So how many pieces of vinyl have you got? Ah, great question. So uh, right now in in storage in Melbourne in a warehouse somewhere, there's there's probably only about a thousand records. However, only before before we because uh, we rented out our house and so we before we came to Germany, we moved in with my folks for five days in, in between flying out, and I walked into my old bedroom and I remembered that I had so many crates of records there like for dance music electronic music and i just thought you know i haven't used these in 10 years so anyway long story short in those three days we sold 5,000 records crates of records 5,000 individual records i sold them on um our we have gumtree in australia which is uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. another crate yeah yeah so i was yeah, able yeah. to sell them in those five days um yeah so down to a wow. thousand now so that's that's enough. I think uh, not enough, but if I when whenever we go back and open up that storage shed and put together that stereo system, that's when I'll you know revisit the hobby of uh, buying vinyl again. But um, there's so much music there, right? Like I I often uh, struggle with myself even when I was um, with my stereo system. Like, do I really need some more vinyl? You know, because I've got so much music there to keep me going many times over. But there is something that happens when you discover a new artist track and the whole uh, process again for me of putting on a record and intentionally queuing it up and then, of course, sitting down because you can't skip, right? You've got to sit down, listen to whole one side, get up, turn it around. Uh, yeah, there's something magical about that for me. That's amazing. And again, your passions come out loud and clear. It's a really cool way to ah, finish yeah, yourself. So love thank you. you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining me today. If any of the audience wants to reach out, connect with you, find out more about your amazing story, what's the best way of them doing so? Yes, the best way is to contact me through my website, alvinnasicoaching.com. But if that's a mouthful, just throw my name, which appears uh, in, in your show notes there, Rich. Throw me into Google. All my assets will come up. Send me a message, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, whatever works for you. And let me know that you heard me here hanging out with Rich and we can continue the conversation. That'd be amazing. And of course, I'll make sure all your details in the show notes anyway. So that's absolutely amazing. Uh, listen, I've really enjoyed getting to know you more and the passions that you ha- you talk about as well. It's the glint you have in your eye, the energies that are coming across are just far too. <laughs> really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining me today. Lovely. Thank you so much, Rich. I appreciate it. I love it. I told you it was a great episode. Uh, there's so much certainty in Alvin's voice. His responses are so positive and the confidence there. And also you can just tell he's having so much fun in life, his work, everything that he's doing, which is what it's all about. So it's a lesson for us all. Hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll catch you tomorrow. Thanks for joining me for this latest episode of the Three Percenters Business Coaching Podcast, and we hope you enjoyed it. So if you've got any feedback, you hunt any further information, or you know some amazing people we need to be talking to, please get in contact. Simply drop us an email to info at minervagrowth.co.uk. Have an amazing day.